Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides support uh, resources to people who are navigating STI stigma. So a lot of our podcast episodes, we interview people who are living with HSV, the herpes simplex virus, and uh, we have guests on who talk about their experiences with HPV, HIV, and who've had the treatable, well, any STI is treatable, but um, who's also had the curable STIs, chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, as a way of giving people the resources and education tools that they need in order to navigate any stigma that comes with that. On today's podcast, I am interviewing Peyton, who is 27 years old. Uh, She is a female, pronouns are she, her, which I'm glad that that was next on this list because I would have absolutely mispronounced you. Um, You are heterosexual and you consider yourself to be sex positive as well as involved in the kink and BDSM community and the SCIs that you have experience with are HSV2 and then you've tested positive for chlamydia as well as trichomonia trichomoniasis trick I just call it trick we just go leave it at that (laughs) um and you described your experiences with chlamydia and trick as being upset and having felt shame but since they were both curable you quickly got over those and that HSV2 was a different story and it took a lot of time to unlearn the stigma as well as learn how to love yourself again and that it was a hard hitter for sure. I asked you if your provider provided you with the resources that you needed in order to discuss your diagnosis to your most recent partner. And did you say no? I have another response here that's lengthier. And I think, that yeah, I said person. no. All right. <laughs> okay. And then, um, since having tested positive for chlamydia and trick, you then were diagnosed with HSV. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And last question I have is, oh, wait, it's not a question. Last thing that I'm sharing from the survey here um, is that you wish that you had more valuable information in school and sex education pre-diagnosis and unlearned stigma at a younger age. Also, after receiving your herpes diagnosis, you wish that they would have given you mental health resources or told you about support all groups like like my page. I didn't add that in there. This is what she wrote. All right. <laughs> um And then we'll talk about this in more detail, but just about how testing positive may have reshaped your ability to speak. Hold on. Wait a minute. That's not the question. This thing refreshed on me. Um, The way that you engage in sexual relationships has also changed. So I just uh, went over the survey that I'm having guests to fill in before these podcast episodes as a way of framing the conversation and giving an idea of what people's experiences are. So can you talk me through, um, I guess, the experience of being diagnosed with chlamydia and trick? Was this simultaneous or were these two separate occurrences? Um, They were separate occurrences. So um, when I got chlamydia, um, I was with a boyfriend at the time, and I remember telling him, uh, I was like, oh, I like got these test results or whatever, and he was the second partner I'd ever had in my life, um, and I had gotten tested after my first partner, so like I knew that I, I wasn't positive for anything, and I think it's funny, he like he blamed it on me, like he was just like, it was it was me, you know, like you had this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, oh, like, okay, whatever. But I was also young. And so I was just like, okay. How old were you? Uh, I was probably like 19 at that point. So I was still, yeah, like a teenager, um, young and in a shitty relationship with a shitty older boy, you know, that was just, you know, not good at all. Hindsight 2020. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I got it. That was my first experience having an STI. Like I felt dirty. Um, but like I knew it was curable. So I was like, okay, and then this is never going to happen again. You know, like, oh, this is whatever. Like it was just a mishap. And then 
you know, he blamed it on me, and I was like, it's just one of your dirty exes, you know, just, like, toxic back and forth, you know, um, but got over it, you know, took my seven days of pills, uh, antibiotics, and was done with that. Um, the trick diagnosis, uh, that actually came with my herpes diagnosis like later in life so and they started with that one when they told me about it they're like well you have trick and then and also you know uh, you have hsv too and I was like, oh. man okay um touching on the chlamydia you were yeah. 19 years old um after you disclosed that you had chlamydia to your then partner and you had all this back and forth, like what happened after that? Did you continue the relationship? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, I was with him for a few years. Uh -huh. uh, toxic. Yeah, but eventually we got out of that. But yeah, I did continue the relationship. OK, what was a what was the relationship like? Can you give me any insight to, I guess, like how you met you mentioned that he's older if you were 19 he was older um like yeah talk so, to me about uh, that i played soccer uh and my high school was really small so i had to like travel to like a neighboring school to play soccer with their team so there was enough girls and he was on the boys soccer team and i was on the girls soccer team and we i just thought he was cute and eventually we started talking um and we started dating not long after uh, but it was definitely, like, a very, very toxic relationship, like, uh, not to trauma dump, but he was absolutely insane. Uh, a lot of people say that about their exes, but, like, I uh, eventually, after, like, about a year, I wasn't allowed to, like, leave the house without him. Like, I was under, yeah, like, we can get into that. It's, it's intense stuff. Um, I was basically, like, uh on lockdown uh he made me like unfollow every male on my social media yeah he was super insecure yeah and it got to the point that i was scared to leave him you know so i stayed with him for a really long time because i was scared um but eventually i told my boss because she uh i worked at victoria's secret at the time and she like i think caught hints of this isn't a healthy relationship um and I told her that I was scared, but I wanted to leave him. And then she offered uh, for me to stay with her. So then I eventually left him um, and got out of that situation. So Yeah. So she initiated yeah. the conversation about, hey, this relationship isn't healthy. And that made you feel safe sharing. Well, yeah, it's not. And I want to leave. I think I, I actually had come in. To work one day like crying because we had just had like a really bad fight um and then she noticed that she just sat me down in the office and she she was just like hey like do you want to talk and then I floodgates came out and then I just kind of like spilled everything um because he had like separated like typical abuse behavior he had separated me from my family I didn't talk to my family for two years like you know separated me from all of my loved ones um so that I was isolated and he became the only person like I could actually like, you know, be talked to. Um, but yeah, so basically she asked me how I was doing and I like couldn't keep up this facade anymore. It was like killing me internally. So I had, yeah, I, she, I told her that and I was like, I want to leave. And she was like, I'll, I'll be there for you, whatever you need. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's do this because yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Uh, have you had any relationships prior to that one? Yeah, he was my second boyfriend. So my first boyfriend was like high school love. Like we were together for two years when we were in high school. And then he was my next one after that. So I was just like, yeah, I was young, naive, um, you know, uh, looking to defy my parents as teenage daughters do. And he caught me at the right moment to kind of be able to mold my mind. And basically like, I felt like I was brainwashed, you know, like just, you know, stuck in that cycle. Yeah. Did you find yeah. yourself in another relationship like that? I guess the next relationship after you made it out of that one, what was the process between you leaving him and then finding your next partner? Um, I think I was single for like 
not long enough, probably a few months, and then uh, I found someone else, you know, and then he, he, we'd always argue or whatever, and he'd be like, you just don't know what a healthy relationship is like, and of course, I was like, no, but it was true, it was true, I was so messed up mentally from that one, I definitely should have given myself more time, um, because, yeah, obviously that relationship didn't work out. We were probably together a year before it was like, no, this isn't going to work. Okay. And there weren't any yeah. instances of abuse or STIs here. This was actually someone who was healthy, communicative, and you just, like, weren't ready for that, would you say? Uh, I wouldn't say he, he had his own set of issues, but he wasn't physically abusive or anything like that. He was more, like immature i'd say okay. and that's like kind of what ended it in jealousy issues and things like that from the both of us for me going from a relationship where i wasn't allowed to talk to the opposite sex at all you know and thinking that that was like somehow normal and like that's how that people should act and that you're not allowed to be friends with people of the opposite sex which now as a 27 year old looking back i'm like obviously like you're supposed to have relationships with other people like otherwise you become him you know so like yeah so i was just like fighting that like well you can yeah like you're talking to these other girls and then you know like and just getting upset like i had caught you know just young and dumb like i caught him watching porn a few times and i was still at the age where i was like no like that's you you hate me and you you know you're not attracted to me <laughs> that's so funny because uh <clears throat> even when i was in college like i'd watch porn and my ex would be like why are you watching porn like use me like don't you don't need yeah. porn you have me and yeah. yeah like recognizing that how people have treated and talked to us in relationships is sometimes mm -hmm. how we move forward and treat and talk to other people so uh mm -hmm. is that what you did you like have him or like tell him hey you can't talk to other girls like was that something that you did or are you saying that that's what he did uh in my uh the in the abusive relationship like the in the uh, second relationship so the first relationship you weren't allowed to talk to other guys so i'm asking if you held the one on. after that yeah if after that relationship did you carry that into this next relationship like well if you really like me then you won't talk to other girls and i won't talk to other guys um, a little bit, okay. but I think more so in that one, it was the porn thing. Like, I think he seriously had a porn addiction and I like, I caught him multiple times, you know? And then it's always just like big titty this and big titty that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm small titty this and small titty that. <laughs> so it's kind of just like my own insecurities and jealousy issues, you know, but also like knowing that porn is okay now but he for sure had a problem like you know like to the point that it would like affect us in the bedroom mm -hmm. getting intimate like i'd come home and he'd be like oh yeah i can't get hard because i, I beat off 11 times like sir like maybe you need to address that and uh, there's nothing wrong with beating off 11 times however if you're beating off 11 times instead of looking for a job or going to work or, uh, yeah, if it's hindering other, like, responsibilities, then you got a yeah. problem. Cause, ah, exactly. I ain't gonna say I ain't been there before, but, like, I had days where I just didn't have anything to do. So it was like, all right, I'm finna beat my meat. And that was yeah. just it. Um, so I guess now let's talk about the interaction with your doctor. Um, when mm -hmm. you got the, um, chlamydia. Um, that was so many years ago. All I no. remember is like getting a phone call and short and sweet, you know, mm -hmm. like, Hey, you tested positive for this. Here's the antibiotic. Go pick it up at Walgreens, you know? So that's basically what it was. Uh, and then I went and picked it up and really, uh, simple. Yeah. So did you, what made you get tested? Did you have symptoms? Yeah, I did. Uh, I hate to say it, but I had stank pussy, uh, some itching. <laughs> I was like, something's not right here. Yeah. So I went and got checked out and yeah, sure enough, something wasn't right. <laughs> okay. Um, and then 
for your next, you know, experience, uh, which was more recent, <laughs> trach and HSV, um, walk me through that. Like, what were you having symptoms, and then uh, how did yeah. you interact with the doctor? So, so that one was crazy because um, I had went and uh, oh, it's so it's so crazy looking back at your younger self and. Uh, I went to this guy's house, and it was just, like, a one-night stand kind of thing. Um, And then the next day, I, like, I started getting sick. Uh, Like, I had a headache and, like, you know, just, like, felt shitty. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm starting to get sick. And about a few days had gone by, and I had, like, had to call out for work because, like, my headache was so bad. I felt like I had the flu. Um, I was just so sick and I was like, oh, like I'm just sick. So I went to the doctor. They ended up giving me stuff for the flu or, you know, like uh, treating it as if it was that. And then uh, a whole nother week goes by. So it's been like a week and a half at this point. And I'm I've taken my medicine and I'm still fucking sick. And I'm like, oh, like what is going on? And then I noticed it started to hurt when I peed. Um. And I, like, I remember, like, laying in my bed. This, I, it was a rough period of my life. I had moved back in with my parents. Like, I was working a shitty job, retail job, in the basement of my parents' house. Like, at, what was I, like, 22 or something? Yeah, 22 years old. Um, and I remember, like, okay, it's been a week and a half. Let me Google these symptoms. And then I remember the first thing that popped up was genital herpes. And I was like whoa and i like literally broke down yeah i was thinking to myself i was like oh trick trick has flu symptoms too i I completely forgot that you were dying it it was at the same time i had no idea about the the trick until like the doctor had called me but yeah i remember like just that google result popped up at one in the morning and i just remember sobbing all night and then the next day i went to like planned parenthood i think Mm -hmm. and got um like tested like a a full pap and like everything um and then they said that they were like yeah right on the very end i see like a tiny little lesion that could could be you know something and then sure enough yeah i got a call a few days later and it was like hey like you're positive for trichomonotosis and also hsv too and then I I just remember crying and she was just like, it's okay, it's common, you know, like just, you know, the healthcare response and, but that was about it. She was like, she's like, everybody has like, herpes, not me though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Uh, <laughs> um, and so did you ask for any information? Did you want any information? Did you get offered any information? about either of those STIs, like how to not get them again or how to manage them, like any communication for how to disclose to your partners uh, or your most recent partner that you might have gotten it from? No, I I definitely did not. Um, it was basically just, oh, we filled a prescription for you and go pick that up. And, and then I, I was super upset on the phone and she just you know, a few times she was just like, it's going to be okay, you know, but uh, nothing like, hey, like, here's something you could go look at or, you know, like, get more information, blah, blah, blah. It was never like that. I kind of just had to do that on my own. Mm. Um, a lot of forums, you know, like a lot of people go through this. So just Googling, you know, like, how do I deal with this? Like, because the emotional toll was just insane and like the stigma you know like before that uh you just the stigma you learn growing up like I remember like it's funny uh I remember like someone telling me it's so fucked up I remember someone telling me they had herpes and then I remember going to my boyfriend and being like oh my god like they have herpes and then two years later oh bitch you have fucking have herpes like let's see who's laughing now you know like you're crying <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, just unlearning all of that and dealing with the emotional toll and feeling like i'll never find love again and i'll never find somebody who's gonna want me and you know, just all of the feelings that you feel, um, even though it's not true and it's not facts. And you know that now it took me, 
years to deal with the trauma that ensued after that diagnosis that it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, so you ended up getting a lot of the information that helped you on your own. Um, Mm -hmm. what were some of the resources that you felt like helped you, um, along the way? Um, I, like, I, like I said, I did a lot of Googling and like reading articles, but honestly, like those don't make you feel much better because it's just like, yeah, herpes is common, but like the type I have HSV2 is only 11%. So like, if I had the other one, like maybe it would be better, you know, in some way in your mind, you know, like. And just, like, dealing with, uh, yeah, like, I remember Googling a lot, like, how to disclose, because that was my biggest thing. Like, obviously, I still want to date, and I still want to find a partner, but, like, how do I fucking do that? Because that's such a a feat. Um, So I remember just, like, a lot of Googling, and then... Uh, and then I started realizing that there were Instagram accounts, like, with advice and stuff like that. So that helped... Um, I think the biggest thing for me, too, was, like, when I finally felt confident in in myself to tell people I was close to, um, like, in having people say, me too. And I think that was the most validating for me is when I, like, was talking about it. So it would be like, hey, like, I have it, too. Like, literally, like, it's fine. Like, you know, it sucks right now. I've been through exactly what you've been through. Um, but I think, yeah, like learning, like how common it actually is. Cause like you hear it, oh, it's common, it's common, it's common. But until like you open and be vulnerable enough to like share that, um, then other people will share that back, you know? Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, did you disclose to your partner, you said that you had sex with, um, and then that was when you felt sick and then you had trick and then HSV2. Did you talk to him about your diagnosis? I was so mortified and mad. Uh, and it was just like a one, one night stand type thing. I, I did not talk to him about it. I was just like, in my mind, he was the enemy and I was the victim, you know, and, uh, you gave me this thing like how could you not know which you know maybe he did maybe he didn't but um at the end of the day like throwing blame or whatever I probably should have had a conversation with him but I think it was just so much for me at the time that I was just like no like I'm not gonna do that you know I'm embarrassed and I don't want to be the fucking little thought that you know like this one night stand or whatever you know it was uh and it was crazy to me because he was like this like big basketball player so I'm like how many other girls are you having sex with that you know you're doing the same thing to them kind of thing um just that's kind of the vibe he gave off so I was just like I didn't confront him about it um hindsight I should have but I did not I was not in a mental place to do that and not ready to hear someone else's criticism also like going through my past experience of like telling my boyfriend that I had chlamydia and him blaming it on me. I kind of like was like, I'm, I don't want to tell this guy I have this, you know, mm-hmm. because then he's going to blame it on me. And this is a lot more serious than, you know, chlamydia. Like this is serious, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. Um, I would like to know what was your pre-sex conversation with this person it was a one-night stand well okay you're laughing go ahead (laughs) (laughs) oh god he had a girl facetime him and i was like who's that he's like flips his phone nobody come here like that was it that we didn't talk about we had no no, hey, like, have you been tested recently? None of that. It was super just, well, get in there, you know? It was it was not healthy at all. Yeah. Um, no conversation really was had. Okay. And I have to ask this. I, I didn't want to ask this, but, like, did you wear a condom? I did not, no. Uh, see, that's why I want to ask. It's, like, implied, but I, 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 didn't yeah, want, I don't no, want you to feel like any kind of... 
unfortunately I thought I was untouchable, you know, like, and I think yeah. that goes back to me saying like, I wish like our sex education would have taught us better because the stigma literally makes you think only dirty people get this, you know, when all actuality is like everyone gets, you know what I mean? Like if you're fucking without a condom or like, even if you are fucking with a condom, like you're like, you're having sex, like you're like, things can happen, you yeah. know? Um, so I was just like, yeah, I felt like I was untouched. Oh, that can't happen to me. Oh, like I'm a clean person. Like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever. Like, even though like my sa- my sex practices were far from safe and I was, you know, like going to the bars and having sex with dudes, you know what I mean? Like it was not safe at all, but somehow the stigma made me feel like I was safe. Yeah. Even though I wasn't. Yeah. And I thank you again. Like, thank you for this whole conversation. First off. Um, do you feel like you'd have had completely different experiences if you knew how to disclose that you did test positive for an SCI? Like if your healthcare provider was like, hey, you know, here's how you want to inform your most recent partner or if they even ask, do you want to inform your most recent partner? Oh, for sure. I think that having that type of resource, I think. Yeah, I think anybody who gets diagnosed with an STI, specifically ones that aren't curable, the treat just the treatable ones, I think it's so important to be like recommended to a therapist or some sort of like uh, mental health pr- professional that like specializes in that because they're just like we all have our different experiences surrounding it, but they're at the end, they're all the same. We're all going through the same like feeling. So if there was somebody that could like better help us navigate those thoughts and feelings that we're having, I think that would have been so helpful because, you know, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes along the way of like, my healing. And, you know, there, there was a partner that I didn't disclose to because I was scared, you know, and that's fucked up. And, you know, that was fucked up of me. Um, but I feel like if I was better equipped with the resources, I, yeah, I would have handled things way different. I would have handled all of my sexual experiences way different. Yeah. And I even think like to the communication pieces, like you ended up in an abusive relationship for your first one. Like he isolated you. You were emotionally, mentally like controlled. You were being controlled and manipulated. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that in our sex education, there are so many components of sex that don't have anything to do with intercourse that need to be discussed, such as boundaries, consent, being able to identify abuse, knowing what to do yes. about it. If you are not able to identify healthy behaviors, being able to seek out support in ways that you can, okay, hey, I think that this might be an abusive relationship. Here's what's going on. And then be um, sort of encouraged to seek out a support system. And also, if you test positive for an SCI, understanding like that there are resources out there that you can talk to someone close to you so that they can... Um, offer you the support that's necessary for you as who you were before your SCI diagnosis to be validated and that nothing's changed about you because we just don't know how to disclose. And there's a very, um, what, what you're speaking to is the importance of being able to disclose your status and what you're going through. Like you didn't have to tell your family, friends, Hey, I got this SCI, but being able to tell them, Hey, I'm feeling these emotions and it's because of something that happened. Even that, like if you have the know how to be able to do that much, then you can get so much more support than you would get from just isolating yourself and going online and forums and finding other people who are like, oh my God, I have herpes. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me. And Mm -hmm. And just like the negative cycle, for sure, of just being like, my life is over. And, you know, just all of this. I a thousand percent agree. And uh, especially like you saying the like relationships and learning abuse like earlier. Oh, absolutely. Because like, you know, obviously my parents were in my ear being like, this guy isn't good, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to listen to your parents. But like, say you're sitting down and you're learning these things like as a part of you know, something greater, it's like, oh, like, okay, like, maybe this is something I need to, like, you know, uh, listen to, (laughs) rather than my parents and wanting to defy them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, everything you said, I absolutely agree with. I think that would set so many people off on a better path. And then when they do get a diagnosis like this, that they're not going to crumble so fucking hard because they're going to have the tools and uh, the knowledge to better fucking handle their emotions. Because, yeah, it's a it's a fucking emotional like bomb that goes off like you just think so many things and you feel so many things and you're not even knowing what you're feeling but if you can have somebody with better experience to say okay this is what it is and this is how you can better handle it like uh then you have the tools to do better yes yes uh shifting gears a little bit you mentioned that um i think on your survey and if i'm wrong please correct me that um the way that you engage in relationships now has changed, not since your chlamydia diagnosis, but since your trick and HSV diagnosis specifically. Can you speak mm-hmm. to that for me a little bit? Yeah, well, I uh, had told you uh, that that first relationship I was in after my diagnosis, uh, obviously, I, I, I messed up, made a mistake. I did not disclose. I just, you know, I kind of kept that private. I was taking my Valley Cyclovir and I couldn't emotionally do it. Um, and obviously, I feel huge regret about that. Um, but after that, like, I, I ended that and I was like, I can never do that again. Um, that did not feel good. And like, I would never want someone to unknowingly be going through something that I struggled so hard with. Um, so yeah, then moving forward, I was like, you know, I absolutely have to disclose. Um, so then I started Googling ways to, uh, disclose. And then there's a bunch of Instagram pages on like things you can say, or like little tips and tricks. Like you have them on your page too, of like how to word it. Um, and then I'd usually do it by text, uh, just because like I felt better, but like I, I knew a hundred percent going forward, I needed to have that conversation and it was helpful to learn like from your page to start with asking them if they had been tested and making it a, a two way conversation rather than, Hey, this is what I have, like take with it, you know, like making it, Hey, like, you know, and then gauging the response on that like hey have you been tested oh no i'm clean oh well like let's not say clean you know let's it's i'm not dirty you know like all of the tips and tricks uh but yeah moving forward uh it definitely helped me too like slowing down and actually getting to know a fucking person i think my herpes diagnosis is what i needed like i was kind of off the deep end like having sex with random people um, I think it's what I needed to like slow down and be like, Hey, you're not fucking unstoppable and you're not going to cultivate like the relationship you truly want deep down. You're not going to be able to cultivate that just by like thinking you're going to have sex with these people and they're going to love you. Like, that's not how it works. Like get to know this person, get to know you can trust this person, uh, enough to be vulnerable with them to tell you or to tell them about your diagnosis. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this vulnerability piece um while it's something that yeah we're not taught how to be vulnerable if you will however we are like kind of taught not to be (laughs) if you will um and i'm i'm trying to figure out because there's something here that's like on like i feel like it's like stuck right here for me to say that kind of ties a lot of what you're saying together not just the disclosure piece but being able to have a challenging conversation um because we also don't want to quote kill a mood right Uh and we also like there's a statistic that i saw that 70 something percent of healthcare providers don't talk to their patient about sex and 70 something percent of patients don't talk to their healthcare providers about sex. So that is a lot of people who in the setting where they should be able to talk about sex and their sexual health that are just not having the conversation and speaking to your experience with the healthcare providers is being very matter of fact. Yeah. You know, there's a space for that for sure. Hey, you have this, here's a treatment for it. All right. But like these healthcare providers are the initial touch point of not just STD prevention, but also stigma 
like your diagnosis is probably the first time that you have actually been in stigma. You may have like unknowingly perpetuated it. Oh, you know, people with herpes look like this. People who get SCIs do these things. I'm not that person. I don't have sex with random people just because I have sex with random people because I want them to like me and it's going to lead to a relationship. Like these kinds of things that we think or how that influence our behavior we're not taught how to really reflect we're not taught to reflect on these things and have an understanding of where this is coming from so uh i say that because i also don't want anyone listening to be like oh my god like i feel so bad because i have random sex with people like i want for you to take away from this hey have sex with random people and strangers but do so with the understanding of you should have like this communication piece. I like, have this conversation. So my next question to you is, has having these um, bits and pieces of how to disclose your status influenced how sex is for you? Like, is it more pleasurable? Are you having more of it? Are you having less of it? Is the quality better? Is the quantity uh, better? Like, talk to me about how your sex life has changed. Yeah, um, I would say that, like, after my initial diagnosis, I probably took, like, a year off of, like, dating or, like, sex in general, just because I wasn't prepared for it, Um, and then now, I would say it's, my sex life has definitely improved, uh, because I'm having sex with people I actually trust, so, like, I can, I'm, able to open myself even on that physical level a lot more knowing that that person accepts me for who I am now I can have a genuine like connection with this person like uh the mental and physical are so tied together that I think it's made my experiences so much better um I would say that I mean I'm not having one night stands (laughs) but I would say that uh I I would say my sex life has improved. I'm having just as much sex as I did, but with a trustable partner rather than multiple partners. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with having sex with multiple partners or random strangers or whatever. Do what you do. I just think there's so much shame like built into like sexuality in general. And that's probably why people like don't feel comfortable having those conversations because they're scared of the judgment because so many people judge other people based on like what they're doing. Like, it's like, it's my fucking body. I don't care. Like as long as you feel comfortable with what you're doing um, and having that conversation and learning to have those conversations. But I would say that my sex life has improved and um, I'm having better sex because of it for sure. And I'm more confident in myself being able to be my authentic self um, and share this part of me that is a part of me and will be forever. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, With that being said, transitioning into the kink and sex positivity, uh, you can share as much as you feel comfortable, but uh, is the way that you engage with kink at all influenced by your experiences with um your sti diagnosis like did you get into it because it was like oh i can't have sex so i'm gonna do kinky things that don't necessarily involve sex or was there another way for you to have gotten into that um i would say like kind of related but not necessarily i think me just like uh, being open and honest with my diagnosis and like finding partners that are sex positive, I think, and then introducing me into like this different side of life. Uh, um, I've, I've noticed that people are more like the people that have gone through more and like are more, uh, into this kink and BDSM understand sex more. They, I feel like they've had those conversations before, or I don't know what it is, but it just seems like that community, um, knows how to better handle like adult sexual conversations you know they can I, I don't know why that connection is but it's it's fucking there like they just like I feel like they're more accepting and they they understand and they're not just like uh going off the sexual social norms I feel like they have a little bit more of an expanded mind um so I feel like yeah it has in a way led me to partners that are into that um so yeah. Yeah, 
I am so glad you said that because I am currently working with uh, the executive director of Sex Positive World to create like a workshop or something that's introducing people with herpes to the sex positive community so that they can get those resources about like how to have conversations about sex rather than thinking this is about herpes. Like I need to be able to date someone who has herpes. No, there are so many people who are out there who a don't care. B uh, just may not have an understanding or C also have it. And so to be brought into environments where, you know, that's an accepting and understood risk and to be able to explore what your options are and also be able to have more communicative partners so that you have that two way street communication. You shouldn't feel the moral obligation to disclose your status and have to uh, initiate the conversation about STI testing, sexual health, things of that nature, like why is that responsibility solely on the person who has a diagnosis? Why aren't uh-huh. we finding ourselves in spaces where it's not just assumed that everyone has a negative status? Like you can have someone ask you, all right, hey, you know, I'm wanting to take things further. Like um, I get tested this often. You know, I was last tested for these things and I was negative. You know, what what are your testing practices? Because uh-huh. someone offering us the opportunity after having initiated it to disclose our status, like that just hits so much different and it's such a big relief too. And for sure. And I'm finding that like a lot of people don't want to even put themselves out there in that position because we immediately jump to, oh, we're gonna be rejected, we're gonna be shamed, we're gonna be slut shamed, <laughs> we're gonna be blamed and accused. Um, so yeah, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, I would say, yeah, I guess my, my current partner, um, most accepting guy I've ever met in my life. And he comes from like a poly background and, and is in the kink and BDSM community, you know, and he's had orgies and all of this kind of stuff. So it's just like, I think he was better fucking equipped to he's had these conversations with multiple people and like he is in the sex positive community so like he knows that that's like a vital conversation and I think that's like it's something it it taught me like I'm I'm a monogamous person but like I think everybody should feel the comfortability to have those conversations because why is there so much shame like surrounding it um and just being our open and authentic selves um and giving people the space to do that. But like what you said, like someone offering that information first and being like, Hey, like that is such a huge relief. You know what I mean? Like him coming to me and be like, Hey, like I have this many partners right now. And, but like, this is what's going on with me. It's like, Oh, so I can be my vulnerable self because you're being your vulnerable self. Like, thank you. That's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like for sure. A thought that just triggered in that was how we, it's about sex. It's 100% about sex. The stigma that we place on a person who has a lot of partners and we assume is going to have an SCI or has an SCI, like because you have an SCI, you have a lot of partners. But because you have a lot of partners and you're communicative, you don't have a lot of STIs, but you, you're aware, like there is an imbalance of stigma that we place. And I don't even want to say it like stigma needs to be evenly distributed across everything, but there is absolutely more of a stigma that is placed on sexually related things. So like an STI is just a sickness that, you know, an illness or whatever that comes from having sexual contact, right? Not even all the time. So if you remove the sexual component, then you just have an illness that you treat, it goes away, right? And then when we talk about like relationship structures and styles where there are multiple partners, there's this assumption placed on there, ew, because you have a lot of partners, you're going to get something. You're going to, like the shit just comes out of nowhere. Like if I have five partners who regularly get tested and if someone's feeling off, they don't have sex, then... The SCI doesn't just manifest out of nowhere, right? Uh And people don't under, like, people aren't ready to receive that. 
and have that level of understanding because like you said in your intake form, like we have to do some unlearning. Like we have to unlearn so much more than we've learned throughout the course of our lives. For sure. Absolutely. Because it's like me as a monogamous person, like I'm clean and I only have sex with one person at a time and this isn't going to happen to me. Well, it did happen to me. And and then the guy that's fucking all these girls, like good for him. But like, and then he's, you know, the one that doesn't have it. So yeah, because it seems like he's just had more of those conversations and, and been with people that are having those conversations and, you know, he's better equipped to you know, uh, deal, like deal with that life, you know? And I think, but I think that's something that everybody, no matter what type of relationship, you know, type you go for, no matter what, like who, what type of partner you go for. I think that's absolutely something everybody should have. And I don't know why there is this shame and stigma. I think a lot of it, like the patriarchy religion, I think plays into it. I just think there's so many things that go into people like not being comfortable with like admitting like their sexual desires and, uh, having those open and honest conversations. Um, but I think, uh, getting the resources earlier on in life, like when you're a teenager and starting to like develop these sexual feelings and desires, like being better equipped uh, to have those healthy conversations. I think that's really important. And yeah, unlearning the stigma because yeah, like it doesn't matter how many partners you've had, you can get herpes after having sex with one person and like unlearning that, it, there is no set type to get this. Like, it could be fucking anybody. Like, the president of the United States could have this. You know, it doesn't matter, like, who you are, what you are. Um, nobody is safe, <laughs> you know? Thank you um, for that as well. Um, my last question for you is, I want to speak to the fact that you are monogamous and you've had those experiences with an STI and I kind of want to know like what that means for you. And then now you are monogamous and you're dating someone who is, they, you said that they have experience with polyamory. Are they still polyamorous? No. So they were poly and then, um, we were friends for a while. And then I was like, I don't want to date you because you're poly or whatever. Like I, I definitely am just, the type that would prefer having one partner um and then eventually he was like i think i can do this and i was like okay like let's try it then so he's no longer like uh, he's monogamous with me at this point um and uh yeah so he's monogamous now um sorry what was the other question no no i think that that like cuts off me asking any more of that question because it was going to go into like, you know, how do you feel being monogamous dating someone who's non-monogamous? That was, so we don't have to go there. Um, But having been a monogamous person who has tested positive for an STI on multiple occasions, like the education that we've received essentially says, if you have one partner, you prevent yourself from getting an STI, but that wasn't the case for you. No, definitely not the case for me. And so we're speaking to, you know, some of the things that you need and like for people who are in this place of having to not just combat like STI stigma, but also this like, oh my God, like now I'm all these things because my identity as a monogamous person is now um, interconnected with being a slut or being someone who is unsafe. I'm dirty, disgusting. I have all these partners, but the reality is like, I only sleep with one person at a time. So mm-hmm. for someone who is navigating that, do you have any guidance for them? I mean, everybody's going to feel their feelings in a different way and you're going to like process uh the the blow a little bit differently than other people uh but i think you know as cliche as as it is it is common um and i think just like learning to like love yourself and pouring into your own cup and realizing like you are not your diagnosis um you're so much more than that i think uh 
getting out of your head and into your body. I think that connection is super important. Uh, getting into the gym was one of the one things that really fucking helped me. Um, I would just say, yeah, just like focus on loving yourself and doing things for yourself that are going to bring you love. And then eventually you'll realize like it doesn't matter and you're going to find a person that accepts you. And even if you aren't looking for a person, like just knowing that you can accept yourself um, because you are not your diagnosis. That's it. I think that uh, that's a good point for us to leave off on and always speak to our sexuality being really interconnected with our identities. And um, as we just spoke through that portion there, it makes me think like a person's identity as a monogamous person is now challenged because of sexual health stigma. If you're monogamous and you test positive for an STI, you're like, how could this happen to me? It's important to recognize that you are not you are not exclusively uh, like your value of what you bring to a relationship is not exclusively tied into your ability to merge genitals with someone. It's not tied to the value that you bring in the sense of like offering your sexual beingness to another person. You know, there's so many other aspects of ourselves that we are now challenged with having to identify and reflect on. And like for you, you got into the gym, you recognize that you enjoyed being in the gym and that that was really therapeutic for you and helpful for you. So our gym metaphorically could be a number of different things that like make us feel good about ourselves. Like whatever our um, identity validating self-care practices might be. So thank you so much, Peyton, for your time, for sharing your experiences here. Um, I really appreciate it. And yeah, I hope that this is something that helps other folks as they navigate um, SCI stigma themselves. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. To support Something Positive for Positive People, you can donate via Venmo, Cash App, uh, at Courtney Brain. And then on PayPal, it's slash SPFPP. SPFPP is the um, PayPal account name. All right. Till next time, stay sex positive.